A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Collision Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, two-thirds of the Dadly yeah. Boys of yeah. What Culture. Here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Collision. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Collision, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw Smackdown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. Your quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to Collision tonight. I suppose, technically, the go-home show ahead of Grand Slam, right? Yeah, sort of. So sort of Eddie Kingston, but I get a mic in his hand. <laughs> well, yeah, you better. This is. I was gonna. This was gonna. I was gonna get to this at some point. We might as well talk about it now. We've got the match between Danielson and Claudio and Ricky Starks and Big Bill. But one thing you talked about on the Dynamite review the other day, I mean, I suppose it's better late than never. You've got to get Kingston with a mic, getting people in for Grand Slam, right? Absolutely. Right. They have done such a weird job with the story, a pretty piss poor one. Uh, again, it was, we'll revisit this theme later in the pod. Um, a lot of AEW's failures are noble. The fact that they are picking up a conflict stemming from a Chikara <laughs> feud and how much it meant to Kingston specifically and how real it felt because mm. he, he takes anything as a slight he's, he's like that kind of yeah. guy that's why we love him yes our, our relatable mad king <laughs> um and I I don't want to turn into, you know, just the worst people on like the worst people who are, you know, give wrestling media a terrible name. But my God, I'm happy to infer so much. Mm. I am. But I want it's not even it's not even exposition. Half of this hasn't even been articulated. <laughs> and if you want someone to articulate it, well, it's just as well you've got Eddie Kingston, the one of the best promos of mm. his generation. You might even transcend even that lofty praise. Um, so the general gist, if you don't know, uh, Joseph Monticello um, produced a good video, really good video mm. about uh, about their conflict and history. They've said it on Dynamite, but just saying it's not enough. Claudio Castagnoli went to WWE or FCW, and he promised or he was booked to do Another match with Eddie Kingston is a big sort of deal in Chikara. Yeah. Didn't do it. Kingston, I don't know if he's been working it or faving it ever since. I've certainly seen pictures of them recently where they're happy together. So he's done a really good job. He's just so good at making everything feel like it consumes him. 
Um, and obviously, they've touched upon the idea that Claudio was just stealing the glory of blood and guts. Mm-hmm. And Kingston was apoplectic. <laughs> and it was always like, you think, you don't think anything of me. You don't think anything of me, do you? They had that absolutely incredible match earlier this year at Supercard. It's all premised on respect, hence why Claudio said on Dynamite, you have to shake my hand. That's the, oh, the Chikara thing as mm. well. You have to shake mm. my hand and just accept that I'm better. And that's what, it's such a great story in theory for Kingston because he'll never be able to accept that. Um, so I had this wonderful match at Supercard. Um, you were there live for it, weren't you? Yeah. And I love the finish so much. It's so great. So Kingston, he's spent, he's just been completely like blown up in the story by just a far superior athlete. Look at him. He does this urchin. And it's quite frankly, on purpose, and it's a perfect story, pathetic. Mm. And Kingston, uh, Claudio laughs in his face in that really ha-ha, obnoxious way. That drives Kingston to do it again. And then the one time like, King, like Claudio had been saying, you need to go to the gym, Eddie. You know, you need to take this seriously. I'm in the gym all the time. He does this really athletic flourish with like a, a hurricane run. And you mm. think, go on, go on, Eddie. Yeah. Show him. And he doesn't win. And it's like, it's, oh, it's like, it's heartbreaking. One time, just like a really cool athletic flourish, and it still doesn't matter because look at who he's trying to beat. As Kevin Steen put it, the human horse. That is Claudio <laughs> Castagnoli. Why do I feel nothing now? Yeah. Why do I feel not one bloody thing Especially because we've been saying for, uh, it feels like at least two years, you have to put a world title, not necessarily the Ring of Honor world title, but we were expecting a world title win for Eddie Kingston at Grand Slam. We're probably going to get it. Arthur Ashe, Queens, Claudio, what the, the, it's criminal. It's absolutely criminal how little buzz there is, how little emotion there is. Like, I will, even if Kingston cuts the promo of his life, and that's, I would just, if I'm Tony Khan, Danielson, who I was booking this show, Format sheet. Eddie Kingston entrance. Well, that takes about 20 seconds because he just doesn't, he's the anti-Roman. He just wants to get in the ring and do what he needs to do, business. Right, 20 seconds. Put a microphone in his hand. Three minutes. I'd prefer five because I'm a bit greedy. He needs three minutes to tell you the story, to go over the story beats, tell you how much it means to him, and then he'll sell a few more tickets. Mm. Like, they are not, they're not trying to sell tickets. Like, I'm not saying that Eddie Kingston's such a huge star. At one point, he could have been the ace of this company. I'm not saying at this point he's such a star that he can sell thousands of tickets with this old-fashioned ticket-selling, big-sell-go-home promo. I don't think the company's there. I don't think Eddie's stock is there anymore. That's not the way the business works nowadays. Mm-hmm. Certainly, that's not the way that the AEW fans have traditionally bought tickets. But I'm saying, even if they don't get a attendance off the back of a Kingston promo, that saves it from... At the minute, it's looking embarrassing. At mm. the minute, it's looking like, I don't even know how they're going to do the nice shots of the stadium without revealing the, the, the awful truth that very few people have bought tickets. But at least you'll get the TV audience at home jazzed. I've no doubt on Wednesday, for example, when we're doing the Dynamite preview, you and I will have watched a phenomenal road to. Like, I saw a tweet yesterday. You don't really do them anymore? Yeah, but I feel like for this, hopefully they will. Mm. Because I saw a tweet yesterday, I think it was, with the the graphics, the match graphics for all of it, and people saw someone saying, 
uh, you know, all these matches have got stories going into it and all these matches have got, you know, uh, big stakes and things like that. And I was like, you're right, but this isn't, I don't feel the same way as I did or have done for for other huge dynamites where, yeah. you know, he's different, right? But even you and I would be like, do we ruin our entire Thursday by staying up and watching this yeah. live? But, uh, yeah, I agree. The business, business is very different now, but Eddie Kingston is one of the few people who does have the knack for at least potentially talking people into the building by doing this, and I think you're right. Might as well try. Yeah, and I, I obviously I assume you... Are you booking Danielson and Claudio to win against uh, Starks and Beal? Well, why is Claudio Castagnoli working two heels when he's the final <laughs> boss heel for the folk legend, folk hero, cult legend, babyface? The idea that they're doing this match is the go home to home. He's the hometown hero and the folk legend, cult hero. Like. Eddie Kingston's everyone's guy, but he's almost definitely Queen's guy, right? Mm. And they are putting Claudio Castagnoli, the most sanctimonious, condescending dickhead in Eddie Kingston's life, his final boss, the guy who just looks like he's 10 foot and sculpted from marble compared to Eddie Kingston. And he's... Why are they putting him in a match against two heels who are in this position, working Danielson, spinning off from a match that was built because Danielson was defending the honor <laughs> of someone who never turned heel once and he's the most babyface, babyface wrestler yeah. ever. So Castagnoli is joining and aligning with his stablemate, Brian Danielson, as part of the epilogue or maybe the middle chapter of a story in which Danielson is defending Steamboat. What are you doing? Yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. What are you thinking? This obsession with subplots, this obsession with, like, stable built storylines and offshoots, and you've, lo you've literally lost the plot, mm. the premise, the point, the basics. I'm... Baffled by this. And even if Eddie Kingston does cut his best promo of his life, that does not excuse the booking of Claudio Castagnoli in this match because it will still be imperfect. He could have done perfect. I've seen perfection from this company. Like, have Claudio... Do contract signing where he's the biggest <laughs> in the world? <laughs> have a contract signing where Claudio Castagnoli isn't working against heels in a match but acts like the biggest f***ing the most patronizing arsehole. Yeah. And just encapsulate this rivalry, sell the hell out of it, and you might shift some more tickets. And even if you don't sell more tickets for the specific show, you are at least getting back in the habit yes. of doing things that sell tickets and get things buzzing, because this has got no buzz, this match whatsoever. The match itself, we might as well go through it now. Yeah. It's a tag match. It's Danielson on collision. It might even go 20 minutes. I'll take two hours of Danielson. He always said he wanted to work, do a three-hour match just to see. I'd love to do it on collision. Yeah, Going got... out with a blaze of glory, do two-hour Danielson match on collision. Not necessarily this one. But uh, I know it's Danielson. It'll be great, but I'm going to watch Claudio. I wonder if I'll be rendered a complete moron, a gibbering idiot by the fact that what if Claudio and Danielson 
are not on the same page here. Mm. Well, you said there's like a split in the BCC, not a proper one, but in terms of like... A philosophical divide. Yeah. Maybe they'll actually start playing with that in storylines because it's all out of the shop. I'm sick of it. Got a booking thing for you. I'm properly back. Now I'm doing this. It's physically impossible. No, it's not. It's completely physically possible. Kingston, maybe Kingston's on commentary. He's there, at least. Uh, and they've got the match won. That could work if he's like, I look at him trying to be the hero. I know better. Yeah, just complete, cons- constantly reminding you about this throughout the first, you know, even if it's the... I, I, sh- I hope this is the main event. Nothing against FTRs. It's going to go 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, but they've got, let's say, because I don't want to pin Ricky Starks, uh, they've got Big Bill beat, and uh, Danielson hits him with a running knee or whatever. And Claudio's like, don't pin him. Tag me in. Tag me in. And Danielson's like, well, we've got a match one, mate. Like, no, 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 tag me in. And he, with all of his strength, picks a lifeless Big Bill up, s- turns, looks at commentary, hits him with an hurricane, does the wanker symbol, then pins <laughs> Big Bill. I'm I so annoyed, that. by the way, the one time a, a wrestler actually did the wanker symbol, I wasn't there to talk uh-huh. about it. Fuming. Bloody Absolutely fuming. fuming. Like that, that goes in the book with Dominic Mysterio's heel turn when you were in attendance as well. I was like, son of a bitch. Question is, is this good enough as a main event for me to set my alarm? Ooh. So have I set my alarm? Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't look like it. No, I haven't. <laughs> um, uh, we'll talk about some of the other stuff on this show in a second. But I... I don't want to bang on about this too much, especially with the discourse being as it has been this week. But are you concerned over AW attendances? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dave Meltzer made a great point. And as much as you might say, I didn't give this one for stars. <sighs> What's he doing? Uh, grow up. Grow up. Um, as much as you might not like him for his taste in wrestling, even though he says it's not his taste. Even if, and this has not happened, you need to readjust to society and stop being unhinged. Even if you think he's puppeteered this smear campaign against CM Punk to ultimately sort of facilitate his exit from AEW. I'm not being funny. Have you seen Dave Meltzer's office floor? (laughs) How is he going to mastermind this? He could have one of those conspiracy boards and they'd be like... Pages and pages of like someone's like history just plastered <laughs> on it. Like the next wrestler who you know unfortunately dies. It's all right, okay. Well, I don't have enough space for a conspiracy board. So I'm gonna do a forty thousand wonderful orbit. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is this guy couldn't organize anything like that to save his freaking life. Yeah. Look at his floor, right? <laughs> you cannot deny if you are not like if not like mental. It worries me how many mental people are on Twitter. Mm. How many, like just. Unhinged yeah. people, like who are in my replies, who are creating conversations, who we respond to, who are unhinged, it's, and they walk among us. Yeah, like I'm on the metro at night, right, going home to see my wife and kids, some stuff from you know the, the supermarket to make for my tea. Pick a mix from Wilco's. Pick a mix from Wilco's. Oh, hang on, wait a second. Oh my god! And someone on that metro, that train. Could be one of these people who's like, yeah, "There's a conspiracy, you know." You know, CM Punk, the young bucks and Dave Meltzer arranged it, and that's why he's out of the company. 
What? Even if you're one of those people. But look at Punk's record as well. I know. It's not like this is completely out of character for him. You cannot deny how prescient Dave Maltzer is about the future of the industry. You just can't. And he made a great point in this week's Observer, which made, like, I was already alarmed by this um, attendance stuff. He said, if they're doing 3,000 in traditionally hot markets, when the rule of thumb is you're going to get a diminished return over time if you don't mm -hmm. stay hot. If they don't get hot, what's it going to look like next year? And the worst thing about the attendances, other than the fact that I want this company to thrive and survive and we'll get the TV deal, I'm certain of that. It's like going to be a slow decline. If indeed this decline doesn't stop, is that I've spoken at, at length about these dynamites where the atmosphere is just not there. And what an intoxicating, like, crucial ingredient that was. Yeah. Early, 2021 particularly, but early... And now it's like you can sense that there are a limited amount of people in a massive building that they have no right running at this stage in their, in their sort of lifespan as a promotion. And because of the way these things work, if you look at um, data as a rundown in the Observer of like the tickets out, tickets distributed for each date over the next like two or three months, and it's like, ah, oh, brutal. You're going to get a lot of dynamites that even if the in-ring's great, even if you get some really cool storyline developments, they're still going to be flattened mm. by that atmosphere or lack thereof because even when they're loud, it's still not jammed to the rafters going banana. Can't believe that, look, AEW's in town and this is a red-hot ticket. You're not going to get that vibe for months, irrespective, I would argue, of the quality. And yeah. that really just bums me out. Um, but at that point is, so what's to blame for these ticket sales? Like, you know what match they did on Dynamite after the first dance when you had that... Not only did you have that ridiculous rating, like a .51 or whatever it was, mm. for a Friday. Yeah. Um, it was like, right, imagine all of this punk hype and he delivers with that promo, right, bang on Wednesday, the most optimum time slot. What do you advertise for that show? What headlined it? It's time to play the game! Time to play the game. What headline? <laughs> dynamite. <laughs> what headlined the dynamite after the first dance? It was a singles match. I will give you six guesses, like like for each person on in each corner. God. And this tells a story about why I think the ticket sales are where they are. I think this is probably in the era that you and I complained about, where you know, yes, we want. Every, we understand that you have to space things out, but we wanted, like, look at all the stars you've got now. You've not just got, right, we've got these stars and these people we'd quite like to establish as well. You know, private party getting wins over the books, yeah, why yeah. you? I know we're not going to have, you know, Omega versus Danielson every week or whatever like that, but... This is August, so I th I think August 2021, the Dynamite after the first dance where it's like, right, this is what we're all about. You want to come here because the punk has come here? Well, we're going to show you why the punker came here with this main event on Dynamite. You've got six guesses. I think it's going to be a very lopsided main event from the way you've described oh, that. Who? So I'm going to say, and this is nothing against the people I'm about to name here, but I've got a horrible feeling. It's someone like, I mean, I'll first guess I'll go John Silver. Nope. Okay. Kip Sabian. Nope, that's two guesses, correct? 
Uh, omega. Let's put Omega in there. Nope. That's the opposite side of the scale, obviously. Yes, yes. Um, Mox? Nope. God. Um, Jericho? Nope. God. <laughs> this is going to be depressing when you reveal it. I have a horrible feeling. Um... Penta. Nope. The main event for the Dynamite after the first dance. CM Punk's come back. He came back because this is red hot, white hot, booming business. The hype is real. Come watch AEW. We got CM Punk back out of retirement. That's how red hot and great this promotion is. Come on. Come buy a ticket to Dynamite, which is headlined by Malachi Black versus Brock Anderson. And I'm, and I'm not joking. The guys had what, like... You're going to give me a million... I might have got Malachi, but I wouldn't have got the other side of that equation. And look, a lot of AEW's failures are noble, and I want to stress this, and it's they're so noble, in fact, that I honestly sometimes do, like, pause when I go in as two-footed as I have been yeah. this year. Well, you and I have had to watch a variation of the yeah. Judgment Day and... Uh, yes, that's the thing. Yeah. I don't want that. I don't want to watch a variation of the Judgment Day versus the Raw Baby Faces every single week. But at the same time, I don't want to watch Malachi versus Brock Anderson when I want to absolutely luxuriate in how cool AEW is either. Like, there's a perfect balance to be struck. And I don't know what it is. I truly don't. Because New Japan, I started to get off the New Japan bus. Hype train. Hype train. When they like cycled through so many combinations and it was like not only have I seen these matches before I've seen better versions of them so why am I meant to get that hyped and all the rest of it I don't know what the balance is but AEW was so far in the other direction for so long that I think it's bitten them on the arse they are now at this weird point where they've withheld so many of their big matches look at the matches we missed from CM Punk yeah. look at the matches we've missed from Cody Rhodes um, look at the matches we could miss from Brian Danielson yeah, I know. Get, don't, now start planning now. Oh, I think they're going to. Well, I haven't. And I think what's happened is you don't know if you're going to get Brock versus Malachi or Omega versus Wheeler Yuta or, like, you don't know if you're going to get, like, a fighter fest even or, like, that kind of caliber of card or a winter is coming. There's always the possibility that you're going to get... It's not singling Brock Anderson out. He's green as anything. Yeah. He's had about, what, five TV matches. He's not a star. He might even be promising as a prospect. Uh, I wouldn't know because they just don't use him anymore, which tells its own bloody story. Mm. Um, you just don't know if you're going to get Brock Anderson in that Dynamite main event. And I think they've taken the piss. And it's a shame because I used to love this. I used to readily love, all right, I get to see some prospects getting some reps. That's great mm. against the top star. I get the anticipation built. If you can't do the great anticipation, promotion, storytelling, you can't then justify not giving them the matches. That only worked when he had Cody MGF Simran, when Paige Omega was really starting to slowly trickle into life. There was a reason. Now that the creative is kind of ugh, flattened, and not as hot as it once was, or compelling. Or at least stretched over three big shows now. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, now that the creative isn't there, it's not as novel as it once was, you cannot put certain matches that happen on Dynamite in a main event or get advertised and think there's a reason to 
go and tune in. Mm. Um, I think they've taken the piss with how many big matches they haven't done. And again, I can completely understand why. It's another noble failure, like Jericho and Sammy, this four-year association, longer than the Attitude Era. Great and on paper, but how much is how, how much does that actually matter? Mm. Looking at the buzz for their match, very little. So other than improving the booking, I sort of know your answer because we were talking about in the office earlier, is there another way to solve this issue with attendances? Um... In terms of the venues that they go to, that's the thing. For the next however many months, you're, you're screwed, yeah. knackered because they're those already locked, uh, locked in. You could do smaller buildings, and look, I'd, I hate being patronised. Uh, oh, well, we're back from commercial. Thanks for our sponsors. We're back here on Dynamite. We are very inconspicuously hovering on. Well, basically, you can't see one half of the arena. <laughs> you can't see it. So when we do these big, like, sort of wider shots, you can see on one side of your screen a turnbuckle, a ring, and then a stand full of people. It's like, nah, I know that no one's there hardly. So if you are worried that if you can see the back row, that makes it look small. Who cares? If it looks hot, that looks better than yeah. too small. I don't want it to look like, you know, NXT. That would be brutal. <laughs> mm. But, like, a nice 3,000, 4,000-seater that looks packed, that people are buzzing to be at, that's got to look so much better and sound and feel so much better. That'll bring back the, like, the atmosphere of, oh, I wish I was there. Like, how many Dynamites have you watched this year mm. where you were like, I wish I was there? In summer 2021, I was like, oh, f- please come to the UK. Yeah. I, I, Love to be a part of that at this moment in time right now. Look like you're having the time of your lives. Um, so uh, be realistic about where you are. Be more... Like, what are you waiting for with these matches at this point? I know what the real reason was originally. You deepen investment week by week by week by week by week ahead of the big matches. That's what they're trying to do. Deepen your investment. Like, that hasn't worked. No. it's a, It was a lovely, noble strategy, and it worked to a point... That hasn't worked anymore. And, like, I think it was a overcorrection to the big WWE problem. How many times? A 50-50 book. Why am I watching this match? This match is happening every single week. Why am I watching this match between these caliber of stars on free TV with no build? That Doesn't that make pay-per-view meaningless if I'm watching mm. Ambrose and Moxley or whatever? Uh, Ambrose and Rollins on yeah, TV. Yeah, Which they did. Oh, what am I doing this for? Then why am I, like, they... WWE did so many name-pairing matches every week that they lost all meaning. Um, so I understand why AEW went that route, but don't counter-program 2019 WWE. Mm. Why would you do that? 2023 <laughs> WWE is like killing you. It's yeah. killing you. Um, ah, a lot of huge philosophical overhauls are needed for this promotion, I think. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Speaking of which, what's going on with Jay Cargill? Because well, I yesterday, yesterday I was convinced Jay Cargill was going to to the Fed. And especially. that's because Sean Ross Sapp is yeah. so reliable and yeah. prolific. Um, and it, it made a lot of sense, especially when they said the big return match with Jay Cargill, the, the rematch is on Rampage. What? Like, and then you saw reports of, I'm not going to say anything in case you're going to watch, what happened post-match. Yes, yes, yes. Because um, I keep forgetting the Rampage is tonight, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. Remember we used to do that? Yeah, no. Um, so I was like, well, that's happening. Then you got the rumor killer coming out f- from other sources saying, "No, no actually, that's my, that's don't. I wouldn't, you know, necessarily believe that. That is definitely the case." I think there's an argument to be made for both sides. She said before, obviously, she doesn't want to go anywhere else. But then again, you said yourself. Then again, she's a wrestler. Yeah. Yes. People need to realize this about professional wrestlers. Look at every different story you got from Wembley Stadium about the Punk and Perry fight. Yeah. Not a single, like, similar account. What are your eyes doing? <laughs> but then also, you said yourself, yeah, the Fed is a, is a, would be a great place for for Cargill if they book her right. Obviously, yeah. The thing with Cargill is that I think that a jump is perfect for her because she more than any more than most people in modern wrestling does not fit into this new model of you go to a place for a three to five year contract. Like she's a territory wrestler. Yes. Um, where you come in, you turn heads, you draw money, then you leave before you get exposed. Like, I've seen she had a tremendous match with Anna Jay on Rampage where I could not have clicked anymore. There was loads of drama, loads of really cool reversals, like really suspenseful, really tight. And that was the height of what she did. There were so many clunky matches when she was meant to go long. Um, like some really bad matches. And over time... Uh, absolutely wonderful appeal. Like, I used to love when she first broke out in AEW, killing people 
and then we'd do the Scott Steiner celebrations after. She was just dripping with confidence. It was magnetic, and that kind of faded off, and then just didn't it just didn't hit the same when you're meant to be this absolutely incredible specimen when you do too many less than incredible things. Ah, that's it, it's dead. Mm-hmm. If I'm WWE, I sign her. Look at her. Like, look at her. Just a totally striking look, total star presence, like incredible on the microphone. And I'd give it to Paul Heyman. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it's not like Paul Heyman is the same guy he was in 1994 or 1995 when he was at his absolute peak as a booker. Because ECW peaked in 95, probably. That was when it was like, right, you, you complete sack of <laughs> You can get over. You can get over. You, you know. never. Yeah, yeah. Tommy Dreamer and Shane Douglas, skip them. And you can get <laughs> over. Um, I, the, the cliche of accentuate the positives, hide the negatives, was so unbelievably true. Um, it's why everyone keeps echoing it. Um, it's If he's got that left in him, and he isn't just this sort of, aspiring auteur and a crap one at that, mm. then he could make some serious money with Jay Cardgill. And I, I, I don't... I agree. think she's gone. I think she's gone. I, and I don't agree with the fact that... Uh, I think it's very naive for, for the higher-ups to be like, yeah, we're going to get WWE fans into the UFC. And I thought, well, yeah, that's feasible. You know, I was a WWE fan who got into the UFC. Um, and we get UFC fans into WWE. And I was like, pump the brakes there. Yeah. But... If you did the crowd shots thing that they often do at UFC of like, oh look, GSP's here watching the the show, and and here's an uh, he's a, a celebrity, show. yeah, he's a celebrity, and here's WWE's newest signing, Jay Cargill. Look at her, yeah. What, what, what does she do? Uh, look at her. Yeah, what, I, I, I want to see what's happening. She's doing on Monday night. Yeah, yeah, I want to see her again. Mm. She's unbelievable. Um, I, I think she's not gonna enjoy prolonged success wherever she goes. Unless she gets significantly better in the ring. Mm. Because it's just, again, it kind of evaporates over time. You, always, you say this yeah, about certain people, she's an attraction. It evaporates over time when you're meant to be something unstoppable, invincible, just confidence drenched. And then when you're not very good, it's like, well, that's completely portrays the mm. point, doesn't it? Um, I would give it to Paul Heyman. And I would, just in general, I'd like to see so many people on one-year contracts. Yeah. One-year contracts, like, even my favorite wrestlers, even the wrestlers who I threatened to actually have a parasocial relationship with <laughs> after three or four years, so it's like the four's the magic number. about Mox on the Mo- dynamite, I was yeah. thinking about Moxley. I'm thinking about John Moxley. I hate to say it. I'm bored of John Moxley. I hate thinking that. Mm. You have to be special. Like MGF, I don't know how the hell he's done it. No. Maybe it's because he hasn't wrestled quite as much. Yeah. He's like... He's the exception that proves the rule for these long tenures. Yeah. Hey, look at WWE over the past 15 friggin' years. Like r- Kofi's r- done such an amazing job. But look at Dolph. Like Miz. Leave. Orton. Leave. Pl- leave. Mm. I mean, it's not the same for someone like Jay Cargo. And we'll talk about the show tonight in a second, I promise. But um, there's only two things announced, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Uh, talk about one of them. <laughs> Danielson, four stars. Next. <laughs> Look at Ronda Rousey. You can't just have Ronda Rousey come out and work every week. I mean, other things along with that, promos and what have you. But the fact that we got former UFC megastar and you were just like, yeah. That is WWE, though. Yeah. 
That's what I'm saying about Jake Cargill, though. Make, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. make it feel special. Anyway, let's talk about um, FTR's World Tag Team Challenge. I'm really excited because I'm hoping this means that down the road, off the back of today's news, we get the grizzled, grizzled young, young veterans. veterans. Oh, my God. Go, don't, don't. Oh, my God. Do not do that as a surprise open challenge. Do. We're on Dynamite, for whatever reason, and we're going to do another FTR World Tag Team Challenge on uh, on Collision. Who's gonna Who's gonna answer our challenge? Have the Grizzly Average come out and give Zach Gibson a goddamn microphone. Like that's when I know this company's finished if they don't do that. Yeah, but uh, Zach Gibson's the best. He's, I've been in a building with him. It's special. Yeah, it's it's like ah, oh, you, oh, I hate you in the best possible way. Yeah, it's got that. It's that voice. It's that attitude. It's mainly the accent. <laughs> I actually quite like the Liverpool accent. I love a Scouse accent. But it, they've got a way of making it sound really aggressive and horrible. I, I think everyone's accent, but like, maybe it's just Zach Gibson's. Chicken Gujons. <laughs> I do love that. I love the uh, Liverpool accent. I could listen to Jamie Carragher talk all day long. Mm-hmm. I wish he narrated my life, like, in my head. Um, oh, no. That's like... Chicken Gujons. Your way of getting into scabs. Shechan and the can of coke. Very good. Yeah. Uh, Iron Savages. Ugh. Yeah, FTR aren't losing this, are they? They're not losing this. Iron Savage is right. I've seen glimpses in ring. They are the latest to do the you know the you know the outrunners are goaded. The outrunners just rule so much. I was always thinking about them. Yeah, tell him Turb and the butcher and the blade do this eighties pastiche. Yes, tell him. Like, I'm going to pulverize you with a really lyrical assortment of uh, synonyms. I'm going to ask my partner to tell you about how much we're going to do this and all the rest of it. Coked up energy. Yes. They're the latest to do it. And you know when, like, someone else does what somebody else... It's like, I'm done now. Yeah. It's already, like, a pretty one-dimensional one-note gag. So I feel like they are... It, it was a bit hacky what they've been doing to build up their new act, in my opinion. But I've seen glimpses of them in ring, and FTR are great, so the match should be good. Mm. I've got a win for FTR. Unquestionably, but I need to see the Grizzly Young Veterans in AEW. Yeah. I know I'm doing my thing again. I said this on the news this sign morning. Sign nobody else. Sign nobody else. Zach Gibson's available. Sign him then. Yeah. Sign him then. And uh, uh, Some of their matches in NXT were unbelievable before the repackage. The MSK match. Oh, my God. The... Remember when... They made NXT UK interesting. Indeed. That match at Blackpool, was it, against yeah. Mustache Mountain? Great. Remember when Hamlet had an existential crisis when it was we were proper in the Wednesday Night Wars and January 1st. Yes. And I was like, Hamlet, well, power's back. <laughs> we're back. We're still fighting for this title after December 18th. And he's like, ah, NXT missed a week, but we'll be back next week. We've got all the momentum. And I just saw him at his desk go, oh, no. Oh man, you're right. Like I just instantly his tone was like, Oh my god, death in the family stuff. This there's been a death in Michael Hamford's family. I was like, Jesus Christ. And I was like, Do you want to get yourself away? I'm like, oh, what's wrong? He's like, Oh no. <laughs> They're doing NXT UK tag teams in the Dusty Cup and NXT NXT's finished. And I was like, Oh my god, yes. <laughs> and then they the old young veterans came in as we knew they would, and they were awesome. Yeah. So get them in um, AEW, and you can follow me on XIM Sidgwick. I need to go to Wilco's. <laughs> £1.10 for a large pick and mix. Oh, tell you what. We have to talk Britt Baker before you go. Do we? Yeah, because it's in... It's in She's uh, another one who needs to uh, 
Need to get her star power. Well, yeah, this is what I was going to ask you. Again. This is a this is a home state appearance for her, of course. Yeah, they're at State College, Pennsylvania. Terrible towels. <laughs> but what is the future of it? Is it as simple as just a heel turn? Oh, I, I just get it over with and do it. She do it tonight in Pennsylvania. Is that even possible? Mm. The thing she's is, pissed the, off with Sheeda. The thing is, like we forget, and obviously they put her name on because she's from Pennsylvania. These states are big. It's like if I saw Pac. Like the inner Geordie would come out. Come on, son. Mm. Go on. <laughs> Fast and like, I saw Osprey at Wembley. Fair enough, I do think he's a dick. He's a better example. He's great, but he's a dick. I don't know. Like, who's someone who's great from me? Zack Sabre Jr. Mm. I would think, oh, go on, Zack. But I wouldn't be like, go on. I've never, like, maybe it's overstated. These places are as big as the UK, these states, half of them anyway. Is it a, not quite the same? Because I know some people don't feel the, way, the same way that I do. But when I still wouldn't do it tonight. It seems silly. Yeah, but, but when, I don't think they care that much. Like I supported I think Wales. The Americans love it. I supported Wales in in Euro twenty sixteen because I was like, well, rather them than bloody French or whatever. <laughs> you know, like it was that. It feels like maybe that's kind of similar. It's like you're not. I'm not really bursting with pride for you. But I quite like you, because you're in close proximity. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just, Britt Baker, how long ago was it that we said, well, she's going to turn heel? (laughs) Nine months? (laughs) Why do you hate the French? I know, just... You don't really. Yeah. It's just Uh, football. I like... Which uh, which arrogant... I like uh, uh, (laughs) Moule. Oh, très bon. Which French player is it that makes you not like the French national football team? Pogba. Pogba for me. Arrogant twat. Twat. That's what I'd say. Britt Baker needs to turn heel. It's not happening tonight. Actually, it was, the, it was Belgium. I, it was, I was supporting Wales when they played Belgium. Not even the French, actually. Because I just thought... The oh, French? <laughs> I just thought... I love the French, by the way. I've been, I've been to France uh, many... Beaucoup times. <laughs> <laughs> right? But I was just like... Oh, you very much times. Yeah. <laughs> Belgium were, re- were just like... Oh, we're, we're Belgium, so we'll... we'll We'll obviously beat these Welsh lads. And I was like, no, no, go on. Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey, and the nine other lads that you've got there. <laughs> and that, that, oh my God. Oh my God. That whole Hal Robson Carno goal. Oh, it's pretty good. Unbelievable. Pretty good. Uh, Baker's put on here to sell some, uh, like, what, 50, 100 tickets, maybe. And a towel. Um, huh? And a towel. And a towel. Uh, pretty cynical, pretty transparent. Yeah, she needs to turn heel. She is. Uh, how the French say, uh, what's, what's the word? What's the French word for increasingly irrelevant or irrelevant? Okay. And then I can do the bit again. English. To French. 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 Just, just, just fill us some day, guys. Uh, mot. It's a pity mot. Little death. Mot. Motte. Motte. Oh, and a text there. That's why. Yeah, yeah, I mean, done it, man. So irrelevant, irrelevant. No. Uh, Rebecca's, uh, how you say in France? Uh, non pertinent. Oh, there's different ones. Hors du sujet. Sans rapport avec le sujet. Jesus Christ, I want to shag you. <laughs> <laughs> this is off the back. What was the pod the other day where you were in Hamlet where you were on the same page? I can't remember what the same page were, but we're all over the place. NXT, I think it was. On NXT, but then on AW, the power came back. Yeah, yeah. And Love walked in through the door. 
Anyway, yeah, it's in her heel because uh, she is a uh, non put non. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's realistically, um, I cannot believe she used to be a star. Yeah. It's weird. Like, she was such a star. Yeah. Like, me and Hamlet every now and then just pop each other with our favorite Baker moments over the desks. Like, the eye roll. The, this broad needs to find Jesus ASAP. The fact that she was telling Tony Schiavone how to stand up, how to conduct himself as an interviewer. She was the best. That version is so gone. Mm. And I don't know if it's the baby face turn where she can't... Basically, she's great at being this person who thinks she's, like, by orders of magnitude, better than you are. And she is. Yeah. She wrestles. She's a dentist. Yeah. I don't... She can't play. Other oh, fans like me, so I like them back. Just it's not her vibe at all. This has been a pretty catastrophic fall from Grace that I don't think enough people have talked about. Mm. I love the old version of Britt Baker. I firmly believe... It's one of those, I think she's still that person. She's trying to cloak it because she's being a baby face. Like she hasn't got the best reputation. Be funny, superior Britt Baker. You're better than me. Please show it again. Can't agree more. Uh, right, let us know your thoughts ahead of Collision on X at What Culture WWE. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Dedem Wilborn. As I said, follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. The SmackDown preview is available right now. Wrestle Culture is coming your way later on today. And me and Sid will be back to review AW Collision on Monday. All going well. Perfect. Now, this has been the Collision Preview. My thanks to Michael Cedric. Thank you for joining us. We will see you soon. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.